Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And Everything's Coming Up Podcast. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. What else do you want? <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I, I like it. Let's get into it. I it's don't know whose face episode. it's in, but it's not mine. <laughs> but it is one of my favorite episodes. Hi, I'm Josh. Hi, Hi Josh. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So, of course, we're joined today by Josh Weinstein, um, writer on The Simpsons, producer, showrunner on The Simpsons. What else? Did you uh, animate on The Simpsons? For no, but I did do. I, I have a couple of voices in the show do you that really? go, went uncredited. Oh, my God. This I didn't is, know that. Also, I'll say, like, since we're talking about the Poochie episode, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it besides it's so funny it's not emotional but it's really really funny mm-hmm. but it's also it's about working on the simpsons yeah so i wanted to like i thought it's a good segue into like talking about and just working in television in general i'd say but of yeah. course you know your specific experience yeah. with and the also i'll tell you like the, the genesis of this episode is in part like very much about working in tv because part of it well there's three paths that led to poochie mm-hmm. um and the first one was there's a, a, a tradition started by Mike and Al in in like season three. I think the front was that season three or four. I, I can't mean, remember. I, yeah. But a- we'll, anyway, <clears throat> we'll check. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, like the it, itchy originally itchy and scratch was just a Tom and Jerry parody. Uh-huh. But people realized like, wait a second, it's a show within a show. It's our chance to comment about. The Simpsons on our show, and so Mike and Al were the, they pioneered like the Itchy and Scratchy writers. That was the original Simpsons rewrite room. Like if you look at that, if you freeze frame, that's all the writers. That's the <laughs> rewrite figured, room, yeah. and it's still pretty. It sort of still looks like that. But anyway, so they pioneered like every year we're gonna have like an Itchy and Scratchy episode, and often it will involve the writers because then you get to cram yourself and get yourself animated in the show. So um, so that was that was part of it. So every year. We always wanted to do an itchy, scratchy episode, and like in season seven, we did the day the violence died. I love and that episode I so much. It's really good. Oh my god! And there's a call. I'm, I'm, I have David Cohen's original outline for the Poochie show that I found that he gave me at the end of Futurama when he's cleaning out his offices, and it has it has an amazing callback to the day the violence died that we cut no. because this is this outline this is going to be a rambling conversation oh that's okay. what we want that's we can a, do we can go wherever all right because this outline you're a treat you guys as well oh <laughs> my oh. goodness um, he said that and i had a gigantic bite of burrito yeah. in my mouth i'm sorry you guys <laughs> i'm not worthy off. of being here <laughs> but um this outline is 52 pages okay oh wow I, it's an outline yeah. and the average simpson script to record is 42 pages. You go to table read at like 48. So this was way too long. That's insane, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so long? Because David Cohen, for, and I will say this about David Cohen, there are a few Simpsons writers, like David Cohen, John Vitti, maybe a couple others, who have such a high percentage of material from their original drafts that go to air. Yeah. And that's really rare. And we'll talk about this, like how like the rewrite room is so great. And it's like every episode, it's really the whole staff writing it. And that's why so many episodes are great. But David Cohen's one of these rare guys that it's so good. Like when he turned in this first draft, we were like, oh, this is an easy rewrite. <laughs> but it's also like in, in this draft that I have in front of me, the outline, there's so many things that almost went like verbatim. And a lot of ones did. Wow. And But anyway, the callback, I'll just say it because we're going to forget later, is that... Um, there's a um, 
Krusty's really mad, you know, at Roger Myers, right? Right. And Roger Myers And I is, love that dynamic between them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that meeting between them made me yes, really happy. But then, like, <laughs> what happened? Transmitter blow down? Yeah, that's what I was like, hey, shut up. I and know, it's just like, he's so, it's like the perfect combination of, like, Hollywood sleaze bags yeah. and lazy people and, and yeah. bad people. So it's a really, yeah, they're a really good team. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. I wish we had done more of that because it's also like Alex Rocco was like a treat. His voice work. is so cool. He's amazing. And I think like originally it got Alex Rocco because he's like friends with Jim Brooks because he's like a big, like he was in The Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was like, he's like another one of these guys who's like a total like trooper and will say all our ridiculous lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's great. But anyway, so this joke is like Krusty's yelling at him and Roger Myers, this is a thing we cut, says, I, I admit I've been preoccupied lately with the new hit cartoon I created last year, Ghost Mutt. <laughs> yeah! And so, so he stole what the story is. And this is just, a, it comes back at the end of its outline. But Ro- the story, I wish we had kept this. I had, And I have not seen this for 20 years until I wow. saw this last night. Is that... Um, Roger Myers stole the idea of Ghost Mutt from Marge yeah. and made yeah. it a hit, yeah. and made it a yeah. hit cartoon. That's one of my favorite lines, and I think I own a Gmail account that is like Ghost Mutt Ghost something. Mutt? Also, the Gmail. way that she says it yeah. is just Ghost perfect. Mutt? Ghost Mutt. <laughs> That's like another. And so, and there's a callback later in, in this outline where Marge is really mad that Roger Myers stole the idea. Oh wow. my so, god! But I was like, yeah, it's like it's a Ghost hidden treasure. Mutt. That's amazing. In this, where did was Ghost Mutt based on anything? Was it like around the time of like Ghost Dad or like you know was it, it, just it, a... it was it was like the era of super cruddy ghost yeah. crap and so and it probably was... like Turner and Hooch kind of stuff yeah, yeah all just those like bad hu- pairings human and, yeah. and and animal pairings yeah yeah, yeah that's oh I my god it. also I have to say like on the day of violence die one of my favorite things ever is dinner dog that, uh, that early cartoon i think like i was thinking about this last night because i'm wasting time thinking about how ghost mutt is like the descendant of dinner dog like the cartoon <laughs> the modern cartoon anyway yeah that's, but anyway i want to so, s- write a spec script for ghost mutt right now you like should contact fanfic. roger myers I, all right <laughs> okay that's Oh, and speak also. This is this is so rambling, but speak like part of the Poochie episode is about making cartoons and watching it again. I realized like we, if you watch Poochie, there's some clip, some little shots that we stole from earlier episodes that really? like like kids like the kids cheering when they, when Krusty goes Poochie's dead and they go yay. <laughs> that shot of the kids cheering is all from like a season two. That's episode so, so we were acting yeah. like roger myers ourselves for mm-hmm. when we didn't have like the footage right right to put in well yeah that's just Probably. efficient yeah like yeah. the meep meep thing that's great oh yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah. it's also because like now now they're doing you know we're doing that live simpsons and immediately when that was announced every single person on the internet said it's very hard to do an animated <laughs> show live it's very hard on the animator's wrist or yeah whatever that's such a great is. joke yeah oh, man. yeah it was everybody's <laughs> instantly popped into people's heads oh yeah yeah um I just love that character too of the the character of the voice of Itchy and Scratchy being this like older woman like voice actress because I think that's very true to how most of cartoon voices are like I think aren't the the voices of um, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse like it's like this elderly couple or something and it's like it's always you know someone that you would never expect and they voice like seven different key characters yeah no and this is and 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 she's totally based on june foray oh yeah who did i think i think she did rocky and bullwinkle or she's certainly awesome Mm -hmm. but she was like she's like the the 
grand dom of voiceover. Right, right. So that was totally based on her. Yeah, it That's just felt great. very true and realistic. Even yeah. when I was a kid, I remember being like, "That feels right." Yeah, <laughs> maybe I was. A See, weird that's kid. why it's that's it's I had such, like it's so cool now to talk about The Simpsons because when we were doing it, it was like it was it was a popular show, but we were in total isolation because there was the internet. Here's another anecdote about this episode: is the worst episode ever. Mm-hmm. Is like, I was going to ask, is, is that the first, first time? This is the first appearance oh, here, yeah. but it's based on the on a, a number of things. But it was, I remember in season four, like it would be, the internet was in its very nascent stages. Like you had, it took 10 minutes to dial up. And Bill is a real, Bill, my partner is a computer expert. So he would, we would spend 10, 15 minutes logging onto the internet <laughs> to see alt TV Simpsons, to see people on season four episodes going, worst episode ever. Yeah, yeah. This, the Simpsons going downhill. That's horrible. And it's like, in season four, it's the best thing ever <laughs> made. Know. And so anyway, like, so in part, it's, this episode, Poochie, <laughs> is in part about writing about it, but it's also about like fan reaction to the show. And it's also about being like, and I'm sure like the guys on The Simpsons now can relate to this. It's like it's being on a show that's been on the air for a long time mm-hmm. and the pressures you feel as a writer to like keep things fresh and and outrageous and in your face, you know? Yeah. But it's like it's there's like even in season eight, we're feeling those pressures of like, wow. And so like this is so like this episode is our way to comment on it. Right. And I mean, you're feeling that season eight. Now, what season are they on? 25? 26. 26? 26. Yeah. yeah. So it's like to feel that at season eight, that's normal. I mean, that uh, season eight is is already surpassing most t- television shows. I can't imagine what they're feeling now with season 26. Yeah. So my really hat goes hard. off to yeah, them. Yeah, me too. Just me for too. producing a show every week. Yeah. And trying yeah. to do stories that haven't been done in jokes because we always had that. Yeah. That's a rule that, you know, comes from Mike and Al. Originally, it's like, we'll never tell the same joke twice or the t- same story twice yeah. until it gets harder and harder right. to do. So then you dig deeper and you try to create stories for maybe the side characters and, you know, comic book guy has his own yeah. arc. Or like I, I looked up Poochie in Simpsons World and there are like four episodes that have Poochie like featured in some way. Yeah. Like, or at least Poochie in the title in some way. I, I haven't but watched But he went back all. to his home planet. <laughs> he did. He di- and it's specifically he died on his way. <laughs> this is so That's one of my favorite That became things. a meme. He- yeah. People started posting that everywhere. I love that. I love it when like just Simpson stills become like used by the whole internet. Yeah, and just yeah. you see that, you instantly know. <laughs> yeah. It's like a dog sliding up and you see the cell, bottom I of the cell. I love the cell showing. That's, oh my God, like if I could, that's like one of my dream cells is to have that set up oh, with Poochie Oh my yeah. God, be beautiful. Good. So, yeah. But yeah. Oh, and so I didn't even get to the other two factors that led to Poochie. Um, what, so the, the second one, first there's a, the tradition started by Mike and Alan doing itchy and scratchy show of a show. The second we just talked about, which is like about being on a show that's been on the air for a while and the pressures you feel. And the third one is, is we, every year, one of the great things about the Simpsons and you guys know this is that like no one can interfere. No executives can interfere because when the show was created in the early days of Fox and it was Jim Brooks and Matt Groening and Sam Simon, the network was fresh and new, and you're like, oh, my God, you guys want to do a show for us? Fine. And been, <laughs> and they, they specifically said, we'll do a show for you, but you can't ever interfere. And executives can't give notes or anything. You can get censor notes, but right. that's it. So, like, that's, like, and that's why the show is so good. Mm-hmm. Because there's no, there's no people like the Poochie executive <laughs> saying that, you know, you need to be outrageous and 
consistently and thoroughly and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. There's nobody talking about paradigms or anything (laughs) like that. It's like, so that's why The Simpsons is so (laughs) great. Was it proactive? Proactive and paradigm. paradigm. Aren't those those words words dumb people use? It sounds smart. Yeah. No, but you're doing that. I'm fired, aren't I? Yes. Oh, yes. And then you look, if you watch that, then he's gone. That's George Meyer. And you you see a second later, he's gone. He's sent out of the room. I love that. I'm fired, aren't I? I just love that quick take. Like, he doesn't even take a breath. He knows. (laughs) He knows. <laughs> so, but part of this part of Pucci's genesis was every year, like you, like when you're like running a show, like you still want to be nice to the people at Fox because they're paying, they're paying for you to write the best thing ever, and it's they're paying for the show, and so like every half a season, like you go, you meet with the president of Fox or some executive just to like touch base, and you go like, here's the episodes we're planning, and blah blah blah, and so this is like the beginning of season eight. And I can't remember if it was the president of Fox or some higher up. And they're like, you know, the show's been on for a while. And, you you know, how about maybe, you know. <laughs> and they're always, like, really delicate about it because they know they can't suggest anything. But they're just like, maybe you guys should think of, like, having, like, a new a new character. Like, maybe a <laughs> new family member. Like, a teenage family member. And we're like, okay. <laughs> oh, and, my God. And so, but then we're like, that's Roy. And so <laughs> yes. that's like, we were like, wait a second. We can use this as a joke. Yeah. So and that was the and that's the genesis of Roy, and that's so. Didn't and they do something similar like that on um, Happy Days? Didn't they introduce like a new character or something, or like one of those shows? Yeah, no, I they think. did. I think they had like Richie also had an older brother, Chuck. Oh yeah, and the, the Brady Bunch did that too. Brady yeah. Bunch with that. Yeah. Maybe that was what I was thinking. Yeah, of the more. little. What's his but name? I love. Shoot. Yeah. I love that take that Dan Castellana gives when Roy is uh, introduced. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my that's, god! Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite thing because oh oh yeah hi Roy. Oh, that's, no, a, yeah, so that's it's so matter of fact. Oh yes, it's it just kills me every time. That's so perfect. And Roy is so crummy. I it's know. Like, and that's well, he's pretty much human Poochie. Yeah, he's, he's got human, like the same outfit. Yeah. On. Yeah, uh, yeah. My my friend Joe Quazala, who's uh, been on the show before, dressed as Roy for Halloween. Oh god. And uh, that's one of my favorite costumes I've ever seen. It's that's yeah. it's so awesome specific. oblique reference. It's yeah, so yeah. good. It's also easy costume. It is an easy it costume. Just sunglasses and backwards hat. But yeah, Roy would have been enough for that episode to be funny, and we'd kind of be able to make. Maybe get that like they're making fun of the idea of having a new character, but then of course you guys do the whole poochy thing, and it just it, it's perfect. Yeah, I can't believe how well it works. Like just as a message, even as a kid, I was able to understand kind of like this is a peek behind the scenes. That's and, like, cool. That's, that's good. To I mean, know, yeah. that's crazy, right? Being a kid, being able to, like n- I'm not crediting me. I'm crediting the episode of just being like, oh, there's something going on here. Well, I mean, that's a testament to the strength of the writer's room and, and you guys as a whole as a production. It, that's, it's so accessible. The jokes are so accessible. Yeah, but I think it's also like kids are really smart. Yeah. And it's like kids know, and kids know when a cartoon is crappy. Like they have a general mm-hmm. feeling or whatever, like a show. Like I know as a kid, I like I knew Gilligan's Island was crappy. I still <laughs> right, watched it, but I right. just knew. Yep. And I knew like on yeah. the like Hanna-Barbera cartoons, you could tell oh. they were cheap. Like even if you didn't know how yeah, they made them, yeah. and you could just feel that cruddiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I mean, it's it serves a purpose too. You know, I think that like when you watch it, you're like, "This is crappy," but I know it can't be too. And yeah. so you, it, to form that distinction early on, I think is is great. But yeah, what was interesting about you know uh, Itchy and Scratchy not doing well in this episode is that, as Lisa says, like there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's still just as great as it's ever been. Yeah, we just are a little tired of it. 
Yeah, oh, we, by the yeah. way, that has one of my favorite moments is um, when they're kind of explaining it. Uh, Bart is saying, it's like, you know, we love you guys, but we don't need to see you all the time. Marge gives him a hug and he's like, Mom, you can hug me in my sleep. And she says, I do. I do. You're missing that Chin Strangey show. Don't you like it anymore? Sure, we love it. But how can we watch TV when it's so beautiful out? Well, yeah, Mom. I mean, we love you and Dad, too, but God knows we don't need to see you every day. An occasional hug is all I ask. Mm. Mom, you can hug me when I'm asleep. I do. I <laughs> thought that um, <laughs> when uh, they go to the department store, so you have to introduce that they are being part of this focus group yeah. um, for Itchy and Scratchy, and I love the way that you guys handled that, and that it's literally just a guy going, hey, yeah. want to come with me? Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. Let's I go. Guess, like, I'm always shocked that we <laughs> That's hilarious. got away with that, because it's, it's... It's very creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I actually, in this outline, there's more of an explanation. Mm-hmm. For the guy, like he says, he says to Marge, like we're doing a focus group. Oh, so it like, but that undercuts that way. undercuts the joke, and I'm sure like the that's joke, that's yeah. why we cut it. But yeah, I couldn't believe the joke alone is funny, yeah. and then it serves a function yeah. for the story, which is like a tasty morsel. Yeah, you know? I also love that it's so like this episode's so realistic. Like that Bart and Lisa are bored at the department store. They're by the credit department, yes. and Marge <laughs> is buying a bra. It's like it couldn't be like more boring. Oh yeah, and so it sort of captures that that. Kid well, I love that feel. line that she says, I need to purchase a brazier. First of all, a yeah, brazier. Yeah. Um, uh, you kids wander around in the credit department. <laughs> yeah, and Mole Man's sitting there, too. He's a perfect guy to be sitting there. Yeah, of really course. Is. But, um, but like, that's, okay, so this focus group, too, that's like another huge thing that you have to deal with when you're in TV. Okay, how many of you kids would like Itchy and Scratchy to deal with real-life problems like the ones you face every day? <laughs> And who would like to see them do just the opposite? Getting into far out situations involving robots and magic powers. So you want a realistic, down to earth show that's completely off the wall and swarming with magic robots. That's right. oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. And also, you should win things by watching. <sighs> you kids don't know what you want. That's why you're still kids, because you're stupid. Just tell me what's wrong with the freaking show. <laughs> um, excuse me, sir. The thing is, there's not really anything wrong with the Itchy and Scratchy show. It's as good as ever. But after so many years, the characters just can't have the same impact they once had. That's it. That's it, little girl. You saved Itchy and Scratchy. Please sign these papers indicating that you did not save Itchy and Scratchy. And it's like weird. It is. And it's so, it's exactly, it's exactly like it is. It's like, you want, you want like a crazy, you want (laughs) a down to, you want a down to earth show that's swarming with robots and blah, blah. It's like, that's what focus groups they don't know what they want. Yeah. yeah. And then, but then we did get a down to earth show swarming with robots called Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> so it did like, <laughs> in a way, and that was created that. by David and Matt. So maybe that led to. <laughs> yeah, that was the it. initial idea. Yeah. Ooh, maybe there's something to this. But but it was like the like this episode was our chance to get out all our anger about all BS that you have to do with TV, including 
focus groups. Yeah. The focus group had so many good jokes. Like every single second of that was so funny. The mirror coughing. Uh, yeah. Oh, the mirror coughing was <laughs> yeah. also. I love. I um. I don't know the name of the focus group guy, but he's. He doesn't have a name. Okay, good. Um, I I repurposed the image of him smiling into the mirror. Um, <laughs> as just like when you like the way you look. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like, yes, just, that's great. <laughs> that's and that's the thing in this. In this <laughs> He thumps up the mirror. It's so, and the the best thing is, the best. God oh, damn I just it. opened right to the page. This is oh in David Cohen's original outline, by the way. He Lisa looks. The guy goes, "It's an old creaky mirror. Sometimes it sounds a little like it's sneezing or coughing or talking softly." <laughs> Lisa looks skeptical but bites her tongue. The moderator turns to the mirror and gives a poorly concealed thumbs up. <laughs> oh so it's, all it's such like, a fun twenty. Right and his shit eating grin at that moment is like so great too. Even, and even his outfit, like everything his, about oh him, yeah, is so, it's so drab. Yeah, like it's planned and it's yeah. And I, I, you know, I always get just excited just to see the characters I love on the show. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, they're all here in the focus group. That's awesome. Yeah, it's because yeah. we got Nelson and Milhouse, but we specifically have Nelson just so he could do the muscle man I thing. Love that. Yes. I love that. Which was one hilarious. kid seems to like the muscle man. I love that that was hilarious so to me as a kid. Uh, that that <laughs> yeah. hit, hit with me. And also that's what kids do. They you know yeah. they mess yeah. around. And then yeah, and then uh, w- when they get yelled at for not knowing what they want, and then Ralph just bursts into yeah. tears. Oh my god, that's a, <laughs> and that's then he clicks yeah. over yeah, to, to know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another line. This is, I started, when I watched this again, I started to make a list of all the lines that we would use in everyday life, but I threw, it it was too long. It was almost every other line, and including the line that I'm not going to get right, but when Roger Myers yells at the kids, it goes like, that's why you're still kids, because you're stupid, (laughs) or something like that, like that line, and like, my kids use that line all the time now too. <laughs> but it's just like there's so many lines that we use. The logic of that line is so great as yeah. if there's a barrier of maturity that <laughs> enables yeah. you to suddenly be an adult. Yeah. I, I like to use Rostify him by 10%. Yes. Rostify oh him. Oh my God. There's so many. See, that's the thing too. It's like this episode when you, after you leave the Simpsons and like you go into development and stuff, there's so many lines where you use like attitude, attitude, <laughs> sunglasses. Yeah. Like when we'd be doing another, coming up with another character anywhere, like that line always comes oh up. Oh my God. I love and Rostify and I've heard other people say Rostify. Really? Rostify is That's really, really funny. Yeah. Well, I it love, really does come up. <laughs> so that female executive character, there's something about her that I really love. Just like in her confidence. So she appears, we've never seen her before, correct? Yeah, this is the, then she doesn't have a name in this. Then later they named her Lindsay Nagel. And mm-hmm. she's like the she's an executive for many different companies. Good I love for her. her. Yeah, I like yeah, her. She's successful. Lean in, yeah. lean in, you consistently know? and thoroughly. <laughs> yeah, but I love that all of her notes are like way like uh, of the urban persuasion. Yeah, like, it's just like let's hip hopify him, let's <laughs> rustify yeah. him. It's really sad, but like that's like what the type of, of notes course. you would get. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's like that's the type of like if they could, if Fox could have interfered with The Simpsons, that's the type of stuff they yes. would want. Well, I think especially at that time, so this is the late 90s. Yeah. And so, you know, we've got like the hip hop straight out of Compton. We've got like all this stuff, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> circling in, in the pop culture universe. Fresh Prince. And stuff. Fresh Prince. Yeah. yeah. So I can totally see. It's an totally. And the time. funny thing is, like, now, like, you guys, you young people, <laughs> grew up with that. So, like, even on like right. on Gravity Falls, we had the character Dippy Fresh. Yeah. Which <laughs> is like just, just the, their Gravity Falls version of Poochie. Yeah. Yes. But it's so the idea of a, I love that we put the idea of it. Poochie, crappy poochie yeah. into young people's heads and they grow up knowing I mean, that that doesn't yeah. stop companies from you see every year you see a new poochie oh, somewhere yeah. you know? well i you know i think that you see it 
like currently most frequently in like cereal mascots when they like um recently the the <laughs> B for like Cheerios or um honey oh nut Cheerios <laughs> they just put sunglasses on it sunglasses and now attitude his attitude theme yeah. song is uh, must be the honey oh. like whoa oh, must be the honey I hate that it's That's so horrible. bad who's it yeah. for because it's not for little kids little kids don't care it's just they're for just the executives patting themselves on the back yeah. thinking that they're hip and young yeah, it makes really me uncomfortable awful. it makes That's me and in fact too. Poochie is it was lo- Chester Cheetah mm. at yeah. the time was like a big thing that we we oh. loved Chester Cheetah because he was so crummy but he was like it's also I like, like he, it was kind of see, that's the thing <laughs> yeah. that's the secret like, that's the secret yeah. of Poochie too it's like yeah. I say this because I'm Mr. Cynical writer <laughs> right. it's like oh Chester Cheetah's crummy but it's also like he was sort of cool he's kind of fun but yeah. also he feels it's like it's not distant, easy being cheesy he it's feels cool. like a distant cousin of uh, the, the camel cigarettes yeah. uh, character yeah like Joe Camel yeah well he's a third he's I know Joe Camel third Fonsarelli yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Oh man. So, yeah, and that rap that Poochie has, it's it's yeah. so good. I'm Poochie D, I rock the telly. I'm half Joe Camera, third, third Fonz Rally. I'm a Kung Fu hippie from Gangster City. I'm a rapping <laughs> surfer, you the fool I be. I mean, how so many references jam packed is I know, that that's seconds. the thing. That's the thing. It's like, it, it's such a. It's jam packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. it so much. And it, it, it is fun. So, like, what's funny is, like, it. The Poochie episode is funny, of course, to us, and naturally, none none of the kids like it. And I love Millhouse. Like, when are they going to get to the fireworks yeah. factory? Oh my oh god, that's right. another that's line so that funny. we constantly use. It's just so like if good. anything's boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but oh, and in this, let me tell you, here's yeah, like please. this is like another in the outline. Um, they um, there's even more of not getting to the fireworks factory. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're Poochie. I'm not going to find it, uh, but um. I just love it. House is the only one that cares about yeah. the plot. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, but Poochie, it goes, it's even worse. It's even worse <laughs> where it's like, oh wait, Rock, okay, blah, 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 blah. Here's, say something while I'm looking. <laughs> well, my, my favorite part of uh, the viewing is Homer saying just like, quiet, you're going to miss all the jokes. And then it's just like guitar solo. Yeah. yeah. Like, because that, like, that is the difference between t- my my dad was really snobby about like what we watched and like he always hated shows that weren't funny and I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of shows that just were kind of filler like I didn't watch Pokemon or like stuff like right. that because he didn't think it was actually like there there was no good writing in it yeah yeah and so it was kind of fun to see like oh yeah the people of the Simpsons agree. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I that's know. I can't f- I can't find it but it, anyway the the, the Matt driving Millhouse crazy by not getting to the fireworks factory is drawn out by like another 30 it. seconds. I love it so <laughs> much. So. Yeah, and I mean um yeah, off of what you said with like um yeah, all the jokes it just being uh, guitar riffs. I think that to me is like such a funny concept um to like reference just in in popular culture of of uh, there being a pokemon type show or another filler type show where it's just like a cool dude and like you know just the sense of like a character that represents spring break and you see that a lot especially in cartoons yeah. i think that's always so funny because it's just so garbagey like we just to comment on it which is it what it you is guys are yeah doing. yeah with poochie yeah and the simpsons is always like as you said like kids are smart and i like we see in Lisa in I forget which episode where she says like you didn't you didn't you didn't dumb it down you know like you use the actual word like I feel like that's yeah, what yeah. Simpsons does 
100% of the time, at least, you know, growing up for us, like, oh, yeah, you guys are putting jokes in that we'll get later if we don't get it now. Yeah, and you, it's like, and even kids sort of know, because that's part of, like, original, like, Matt and Jim and Sam's original intention, too, with kids is, like, pulling back the curtain and showing, like, kids, like, we know, we know a lot of stuff adults do for you is stupid, and you know it, too, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and I think that, I mean, like, uh, not like you could uh, predict what the future of, of people enjoying this show would be like, but it definitely um, benefits, you know, people that grew up with it and then now are adults and, and re-watching it, finding those tasty morsels of references they could never have gotten when they were kids. Yeah. And now we have, you know, the Simpsons World FX app, whatever, whatever, and we're able to enjoy it on a whole other level. Yeah, that's I mean, and I know like I can't I don't remember what it is, but I know there's like one or two references during our years that I didn't get. <laughs> and I only got like years <laughs> later, but everyone else like laughed and it's like, OK, sure, OK, I guess. put it in. And it didn't get it until years later. There is a moment in the writers, uh, the like rewrite room of the um, like our obvious like Harvard guy in the room uh, making like I'm trying to find I wrote it down in my notes. But I thought it was really, really funny. The dramaturg the, the dramaturgical, the dramaturgical dyad. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's Bill, and then I think it's I'm the so one who talks funny. about Cerberus. Cerberus is that the, was my favorite yeah. part because she's so just like, funny. "We're talking the dog, dog from, from hell." hell. And you mean Cerberus? And she <laughs> yes. just gives him a blank look because it's yes. like, yeah. I mean, I would never. I d obviously did not get that one as a child, and like you have to really pay attention to get it now. But I just think that it's one of those jokes that yeah. Like, it's a savory morsel when you do pick it yeah. up. And it goes over so quickly, right. and it, that's what makes it even funnier. And you could tell from the tone, though, that it's just like, oh, he he's taking this literally. Like, yes, you could tell, even if, even if you don't yeah. know what Cerberus is. Right, and it's also, but part of it's making fun of the writers for being, like, too brainy, right. yes. too. It's like, they're sort of like, oh, and that's a thing, too. In recording this episode, I think the actors really enjoyed making fun of the writers yeah. because they either have like sort of a snooty, I'm snooty, Joe Harvard, <laughs> or I'm a wimpy writer. Like that. Yeah, and it's like no they so enjoyed like sort of skewering us it's as perfect. well. Yeah. And I love it. It's, you know, we kind of talked about uh, last time you were here, but it's kind of nice to see that you guys aren't all like king god i guess like just because you guys write the funniest show that's ever existed you kind of have like this picture of like nothing bad has ever happened to them and they're perfect and confident all yeah. the time oh this is a, okay this is a good segue let's talk about like the writer's room yeah. and stuff because it's like one of the reasons i love the simpsons and i love animation and i've gone out into live action and i come running back <laughs> to animation it's like it's it's a really nice, and I think we talked about this before, but it's like, it's a nerdy world. It's, people are really nice. And this is like, this, like the rewrite room that you see in Poochie episode, that's like Simpsons stage three rewrite room in season, mm -hmm. season seven and eight in our years. But from every year and every rewrite room, it's very similar. It's just like really nice, nerdy people. And something that was like, that Mike and I told Bill and me when we very first started, they gave us some rules of the room that we took to heart and have lived ever since. And I know anyone who's been in the Simpsons room, like when they go out and do another show, like Greg Daniels or whatever, the, the way that room works they've taken with them. That's one reason like like Parks and Rec is one of like the funniest mm -hmm. shows ever. Yeah. And, so and it's because it's like and Greg Daniels is like the nicest, gentlest guy and he give it's the same thing. There's a rule that we're told is like you never say no to a, a pitch and you never say I don't like it. You never 
never say anything negative about a pitch. And if like you don't like the joke, either stay silent or pitch something better. Yeah. And wow, that's amazing. And I would have never ever known that. Well, I think the positive reinforcement it it I, it it kind of in a way like um, makes the writers seem like children. But it's a very vulnerable thing, right? To pitch because out you jokes. are. Yeah. It's also like you know. writers are the most insecure yes. <laughs> childlike people anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's no. It's really true. It's true in in. It's true in anything, even like business. Like you let people feel empowered and let them feel like the more like they feel like they're making contribution, the more contributions they'll make. Yeah. And like in other live action sitcoms and places like Saturday Night Live, they're super cutthroat. Right. And I've heard this. I've never worked on it. So I just heard like on Saturday Night Live, other writers will actively try to shoot down your sketch. So that feels sketches. like sketch writing 101. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like so it's like it's like school. super negative but the Simpsons was the opposite and that's why it was so good is because it didn't matter like if you were showrunner or senior writer or you had just started or even you were a writer's assistant if you pitched a joke that was funny it went in. That's right. so and cool. and that's I like that. it's so like it's so beautiful it's like a commune but it and it but it works and everyone is there for like everyone's happy. Yeah. And so it's just like it just creates such a nice environment. And it's also I'll talk about like the, the rewrite room itself, too. It's like in Poochie, you see it's like it looks like a corporate boardroom, which it's not. <laughs> if you look in the, the front, it's the real accurate depiction of the writer's room, the episode, the front, which is like it's like the Simpsons building is I think it was used as like a motel set. It looks like it's like two story yeah. motel yeah, building. Right. And it's like the doors. I think I've said this before, but it's oh, like, no, it's okay. The, the doors, the doors for every office are screen doors. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and it's, just, it's really rickety in a rewrite room. There are two rewrite rooms now. I think we started doing that in under Merkin cause we had a bigger staff, but there's the, the big rewrite room. It's still the same place. It's like, it used to just be old sofas, like torn up sofas and a coffee table. And there's like a thing of caramel <laughs> stuck on the ceiling from like, I think season three. Was and that I, a, oh, Conan? A Conan, I think it was still there. Oh, here's a, okay, here's a, here's a screen door. I don't know why I just Co guessed Conan. Conan he's very yeah. He's a, and that's the thing I'll tell you, like this interesting thing too is like most writers are sort of nice, nerdy, quiet people. But Conan was, a, it was like a 10 hour Conan show <laughs> every day. And it, but it was like awesome. Right, because but it, it was makes like, total sense yeah, that he is. Yeah, he, he is wanted now. to perform. And he told us then, like that he, always, his dream was always to have a show. Mm -hmm. um, but That's so, so crazy. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it was like Conan, like, cause when we first started, Conan was hired like six months before us. And then Bill and I got hired, and so like we were sort of new guys. So like we'd hang out with Conan, and it was like really cool. And it's like Conan hang out with Conan is like being on a Conan show, right? Because he's like <laughs> he's Conan. Like we would go one time. Oh, here's another. This is rambling. No, please. Don't worry this about is it. like this is like a side. This is the, this is, this is the unknown period of The Simpsons that is between season four and season five. Have I talked about this? Mm. Okay, this is a cool cool slash boring thing but it's like <laughs> I bet doubt it. between <laughs> season four and season five merkin hadn't been hired yet and but but mike and al had left and so had a bunch of the original writers and the only people left the only writers left besides matt Groening, were me and bill and conan and dan mcgrath and it was a period of just like just months but we were being paid and we were like 
what do we do? Because we're not like nobody's running the show. It's like if, if Conan had stayed another couple of years, he would have eventually been showrunner right. for right. sure. Course, yeah. But like none of us were in charge. And we we're like, well, what do we do? I guess we should think of episode ideas. And so we do like, <laughs> well, let's think of episode ideas while we get ice cream. And it's like, yeah. let's think of episode ideas while we drive in Conan's car to Malibu oh, and stuff fun. like that. So it was this wow. crazy. Like that a was summer break. Yeah, it was summer. It was Simpson summer camp. Oh, and, I wish that was recorded. Wow. Yeah, and it was so. But it was like it's this weird little period <laughs> yeah. before like anyone was in charge, and we were just like, I guess we should kids keep... taking care of themselves. Yeah, That's it was. Incredible. It was the kids that taking. It, I love that. The house, yeah. And so that was like a fun, like little weird. How sm- long was that? To me, it seemed like it was like six months, but I bet it was only like a few months. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it's wow. like, and I don't remember. Like I know that some ideas we came up with, we probably pitched to Merkin, and he, and he did. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't. Re- oh, I just remember getting ice cream <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, oh, so anyway, Conan stories because like there's like the thing about The Simpsons too is like there's not a lot of anecdotes about so and so yelled at so and so and so and so had a fit and blah blah because it was just like a, it's like a such a nerdy world. There aren't like anecdotes of people behaving badly, but there are anecdotes of like Conan being crazy Conan. And one <laughs> of the best, this is this is one of my favorite stories and it also has to do with lunch and <laughs> with food and it's like oh this is another thing it's like in the Poochie episode where Otto goes like man where are you guys smoking when you came up with that yeah. and the writer who's David Cohen says we are eating rotisserie chicken I can you please it. just say the line so it's funny. like that's it's true that's yeah. it. It's like there's no, there were no drugs or alcohol. I have one al- good alcohol story, but um, there were no drugs or alcohol. You were writing. You can't re- yeah. like really do that. It's just like we ate rotisserie chicken. <laughs> right. And right. it's like, but when you're in the rewrite room for like 10 hours a day, there's not, and this is pre internet, like you didn't have phones. They, they had early cell phones, but you could only get calls on them or play, mm-hmm. play Snake <laughs> on them. And so oh, the good old days. I do miss them. Yeah. There's no, there were no, Distraction, so food is an awesome distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and course. there was, and it's also like where, and it's also it ends up being a big waste of time. Like how this is all logistics about working on a show, but it's sort of interesting. It's like there's a big wasted amount of time, like up to two hours a day of figuring out where you're going to go for lunch or dinner, <laughs> then ordering, and then like at a certain period you're just waiting for the food to arrive. And it's like, as Bill and I ran shows, we sort of cut down on that. And we also like determined too, it's like, rather than staying late for dinner, why don't you try to get all the work done before six? And if you do, then you can go. You right. know, and that's like, that's a better thing than just sort of like stretching out right. oh, I agree. the day. And it's, we I also like, would depend on like, sometimes some people, like if they didn't have outside lives, like they're happy <laughs> to stay. <laughs> but other people like, I gotta go. I wanna see, you know, my, my, my family, family or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like, so yeah. But luckily, like we, in. yeah, like we were really young, like when, we were just in our 20s like we didn't have outside lives and I think we also drove the writers crazy because we stayed really late for a lot of our years but anyway so this Conan story so food is like the one distraction you have and the one thing you look forward to and like I know like there we used to order from the apple pan uh-huh. the, the burger pie place and people would order whole pies <laughs> for themselves and then put the pie in the refrigerator and sort of eat it during the day sadly because <laughs> there's just like what else are you gonna do no, right it's either pit, pitch a joke or eat and so and so so when lunch every day when lunch would come is a really big deal and I told you like how it's in this the the rewrite room is this sort of this in rickety building. It's on the second story of this building, and you walk up these creaky stairs to go to the rewrite room. And when lunch was brought, the person, the PA, would have a big box 
of like, you know, in plastic containers and walk up the stairs and you would hear them and you knew it would be lunch when they would open the screen door next to the rewrite room and go like, oh yeah, lunch is here. Yeah. And so anyway, one day like lunch was really taking like a long time to get there and people were like going crazy. But, and Conan like sneaked out of the room, snuck out of the room and it's like, and he found, he, he, he found a box, a box and loaded up with old, plastic containers and slowly like walked up the creaky <laughs> stairs so you could hear and at the very top of the stairs he tripped and he, you heard the sound of <laughs> this, no. this box of food and it falling everywhere and everyone's like oh shit that's our lunch it just, it just dropped it oh no like one thing we were looking forward to oh, and wow. they, but it was just Conan playing a, a oh, trick God. but like that was that's beautiful <laughs> yeah he was up to it even then yeah um, I read the uh, oral history of the Simpsons uh several years ago i need to read it again but yeah there's several like anecdotes of conan like you know doing donuts in like the parking lot <laughs> next to like the yeah. writer's room or something just like being being okay yeah that's too. what i was looking through my photos and like one of them it's just like is conan standing in a parking lot licking a stamp but he's going like <laughs> like that and it's like it's hilarious but it's just the guy licking a stamp i think but that he's like, he represents like that guy you knew in high school to a lot of people that like guy that's just always on and doing yeah. weird Plus things them. and yeah, class clown. Yeah, and oh, it was that's like, it. That's the word I was looking <laughs> for. Yeah, but it's like he was so into like. It, there's a certain type of Simpsons humor that come. Conan was just there like a few years, but it comes from Conan. Yeah. There are people like Conan and Schwarzenegger and George Meyer who lent very specific types of jokes that then became Simpsons jokes, and now are jokes in the world because people go off and quote them and use them. You know. Yeah. Can you explain to people that might not know um, what makes a Conan joke kind of co makes it a Conan joke? Like what? How could you distinguish it? Or like what? It may maybe even just a specific quote that you oh, like. Oh man, that's putting me on the spot because I don't like. <laughs> oh, I can't give you a specific, but they're like. Can they're I read your guess? Yeah, try. Okay, so I think it's in Hurricane Nettie when they're um, rebuilding the it's house my and. Uh, Somebody says something like, uh, look who it is, the happiest man in Springfield. <laughs> That's my joke. <gasps> was That's that my joke oh because my Conan was already gone. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, it's not me, but thanks for looking, oh. folks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, no, wow. but I'm sure Conan influenced it because Conan was gone by then. But Conan jokes, they are like, they're sort of happy and really goofy and silly, but really funny. Mm -hmm. Like that's a that's a Conan joke. Like I can better tell you, like Schwarzenegger jokes are the ones that sound like old time radio. And yeah. I know you're yeah. talking about that in the last one yeah. episode, where like things like "Down I Go" and <laughs> things like that that were like phrases like you had to say and it, it, that it's like they had to see it on radio because you couldn't see it, so you had to know the character was falling. So they say "Down I Go," but when you see it, it's crazy. But like that was like a that's it like a Schwarzenegger joke. It kills me yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah, and for some reason, I also couple that with um, the Peabody and Mr. Sherman uh, or Mr. Peabody and Sherman thing of quite you. And yeah, and things like yeah, that. there's lots of stuff like that. Which I say in my everyday life. I love it so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. quiet you. Yeah. And then in this episode, I remember my dad and sister and I would always say, do you? Uh, the way that he says it, the yes, I certainly like, do. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. you? Yes. Yeah, oh, my God. That. Even that line, yes, I certainly do, <laughs> yeah. is like something yeah. we say Did all the time. Did Yoink come from Yoink, You know, Yoink, there's, a, there's, I think, Bill... Somebody did an article about the history of Yoink because yeah. yes, Yoink, they did. They did. <laughs> I love that that exists. Yes, and it's like, Yoink, we, nobody, it's like, meh and Yoink <laughs> are these great, like, mysteries because they don't really come... First from The Simpsons, but The Simpsons popularized yes. them. And we think we 
think I think it's that I think George might have been. It sounds like a George joke of like yoink of taking something out of somebody's hand. Yeah, and it's but a really it probably comes from Archie comics. Oh like, yeah, that makes we're sense. Certain like you'd see like it'd be yoink. Right, and just right. like meh, originally it was like some Yiddish word or whatever. But I and again, it's probably George who like put it in, and right. it just like became. And so it seems Simpsony, but those words actually have like a. A deeper yeah, history. used in this way. Is used how in, we know yeah, it. yeah. You know, no and one's that, reading a comic and quoting. Yeah, and right. no kid is looking up the Big Book of Yiddish Humor. <laughs> no, I mean, if they are, <laughs> I mean, what's their I, number? I know, <laughs> it would have yeah. been us, but it wasn't. Yeah, so yeah. It's yeah it would have been. I had that book too. Yeah, but it's like it's not a normal. Uh, Yoink feels uh, organic coming from a comic book, just because of all the onomatopoeias that yeah. you see. And yeah, and it's also like that's the thing. Is like a lot of like Simpsons writers were influenced by comic books, like. Archie and Richie Rich. Like, there's some people who are superhero bus, but it's a lot more like a lot of us grew up reading the, yeah. the crummy, like real life comics, right. like Archie or whatever. Um, I that just made me think of the the Garbage Man Can song. Oh yeah, and yeah. I think that I don't think that this played in the actual episode, but uh, it's on the album. I think it's Go Simsonic or something, um, where it's maybe over the end credits of like um, the. It, it's like a reprise of the song, and it says like, "Who can?" It's a kid that's talking about the div his divorced parents, <laughs> and if the garbage man can help <laughs> his divorced parents, and uh, um, the garbage man says something like, "Like I can't bring them back, but here's a stack of horror comics for you." <laughs> There's something like that, which I thought was really funny and and telling of um, the the yeah. writers. Uh, yeah, that upbringing. seems like a very specific. <laughs> it was very thing, revealing. Yeah. Uh, I love, I wrote this down in my notes, and I know that this is one of your favorite jokes. So when they're doing the voiceover auditions for Poochie, <laughs> and Troy McClure steps up, and oh he does, yeah. for just first him auditioning is yeah. so great. And then he says, you may remember me, me from, from Christmas Ape, and Christmas, Christmas Ape yeah! goes to summer camp. One of my favorite <laughs> jokes. Ruff, Ruff, I'm Poochie the Rockin' Dog. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such cartoons as Christmas Ape and Christmas Ape Goes to Summer Camp. You're even better than this guy. Take a hike, you bum. I, I love that. Yes, and that's like some jokes I know I remember exactly when someone said them and who said them. And mm -hmm. I'm almost certain that was Steve Tompkins. Oh, yeah. It's a very, like, that's a good, Steve Tompkins is a guy who just wrote, like, a few episodes but was hugely influential in our years with just, like, great crazy jokes like in the gay steel mill uh -huh. like a huge part of that like dancing <laughs> in the vent and all that stuff like yeah. that all came from steve tompkins oh and here's God. a here's a steve tompkins poochie thing it's because in the you know in the rewrite room where roger myers and crusty are yelling at the writers and say we, we you know we were going to go with this dog and we want to name like poochie but something better and then they leave the room and then the writer who's bill says so poochie okay of everyone and everyone sort of goes like yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the one writer who's steve tompkins goes like yeah, you know, it's good. I love that. And that's like, that line, yeah, you know, it's good. It's like, we've said so many yeah. times in the last 20 years, like, anytime, like, you come up with something like, yeah, it's pretty good, you go like, yeah, you know, it's good. Yeah. I love and so, that reading. And that was, yeah. that was such And that's like, that's a thing, sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. It's like, that's a thing, that that's where, like, that line, that was just, that was ad-lib by Harry or Hank or Dan, <laughs> and it's just like, but it was, it's hilarious and oh yeah you know a, it's good or so is you, you know it's you know it's good yeah and it's like that's a thing like where we would count on the actors like we wouldn't right they came up with like maybe like i don't know like a, a tenth of the most hilarious lines on the simpsons were ad-libbed 
Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that that take of like, you know, the boss leaves and then the writers just go, is that okay with everybody? It's like just every writer's yes. remember. <laughs> yes, it is like, yeah, it's, it's so like funny it's, to it's me. lunchtime. That's fine. It's Ooh, good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, uh, exactly. I love the way that David Silverman was drawn too. Oh, yeah. And the tuba in the back. Yeah. Like, like, like that's the thing. It's like, it's like these itchy and scratchy episodes are the chance for everybody to put everybody and their friends in the show. And so, yeah, David Silverman, that's exactly how his, his office looked like and he's a tuba player so they put in his mm-hmm. tuba and then the, in the in the when when homer and the lady i don't remember her name are doing the the panel at the comic yeah. book store and there's a line of people waiting to get in there's steve moore who's the director and his uh, this guy lance and a couple other people who are animators like they're waiting in line there so like sort of everybody who had something to do with that episode is there Somewhere. And you guys did that often, trying to draw yourself in, or yeah. as often as you that. could. Yeah, and a lot of times, sometimes, sometimes it's not our choice. Like in twenty-two <laughs> short films, they're like they put like they put um when everyone's laughing at Nelson being oh, yeah, yeah. driven down the street as the really tall guy who's mm-hmm. eating Max on Graham. Yeah, it's honking at them, and all, everyone's laughing, and Bill and I are in the crowd laughing but then we realized like in the script and I actually tweeted this because I was like oh look we're in the show and then Bill reminded me that in the script we said like the town's biggest losers are all there (laughs) or something like that and so like the animators put us in. That's fun. That uh, that scene I was just thinking about because I just saw Full Metal Jacket for the first time and they do that to to Gomer where they make his they pull his pants down and he's walking and he's sucking his thumb. I was wondering if you knew if that was intentional or if that was maybe just a fluke. But it's exactly the same. So it, was, it must it was, be. It, was pretty it must cool be intentional. See. Didn't it come from me? And see, look, that's a thing that I never knew as a reference till right this moment. If it and was, it sounds like but it, it you it know, the, like the it Kubrick is. stuff you and I were talking about yeah. a little before we started recording it, it has always been such a cool and loving like yeah. nod. Oh my, it's like everybody, uh, not everybody in Sims, but a lot of people are obsessed with Kubrick because he's so mm-hmm. cool. And this is we were talking about this before. Is we only found out like, a couple years ago that Stanley Kubrick was a huge Simpsons fan. Wow, uh, really? and that's like and. So and all of us were like that, like, like I'm not on the show now, but I would run into people or talk to Matt about it and whatever. And really, none of us knew that because if any of us knew that, we would either had him on a show or flown him to the table, anything, anything <laughs> to meet the man. And I, we think what must have happened is like because he this was in the era of he was living in England in the era of VHS tapes. And he must have like had his assistant call the Simpsons and some assistant picked up. And said, oh, you want some tapes? We'll send them to you. And they never told any of the writers oh or anybody uh, about I bet Kubrick. he had like a room in his mansion that was just all Simpson stuff because oh he was God, such a classic hoarder. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> but he, like his mansion, uh, it's in a John Ronson book, but where he goes to visit Stanley Kubrick's house like um, after he's passed. And it's just like, just one room is just like info on the moon landing. And one room is like info <laughs> wow. on Amadeus or something. It is pretty cool that he faked the moon landing. It is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah. a good job. I mean, it's There's good for your resume. Really Maybe the moon landing wasn't it. Maybe the moon landing was just me subconsciously yeah. trying to yeah. wedge that in. Ooh, I'm a truther. Did you guys know that? Yeah, that's, we could talk about that. Oh, okay, but, great. But, um, but there are other things cool, at hand. cool to find, like, Stanley Kubrick Simpsons videotapes yeah. and see yes. what episodes he watched and yes. stuff. Yes, I would love that, to know like, what his would, favorites are. Yeah. Oh, God, I mean. And I bet somebody, somebody probably just threw them out. Like yeah, what is it, a VHS of course, tape. of course, uh, like they so. would with early Simpson stuff that you were. Yeah, mentioning. that's yeah. just saying, like when, like in the early days, because like 
Bill and I were huge Simpsons nerds before we started in season three. Uh-huh. So when we, and this is, this is can lead back to the writer's room. Like when we started, we were like, oh my God, this is the pantheon of comedy gods. And so like <laughs> we were really intimidated. But also like when we started, like there was like nobody knew that the Simpsons, it was popular, but we didn't know it was going to become an American institution. Of course, how could and you? And so like there's lots of stuff like that was just being thrown away, like early scripts and these fast like things like, <sighs> and that, that were just going to be tossed. And we're like, they were like literally, it was like a, a, a thing labeled trash Duh. that was full of like early scripts. And we were like, this this cannot be thrown out. And so like we right. we save some stuff and other people save stuff. So like so it's still, yes. Like at some point at some point there's gonna be an official history of the Simpsons book that will have all these cool things. Or like a museum or there oh my god, if there was thing. a museum, everyone would go. Yeah, because yeah. it's just like imagine like seeing like these early drawings and early versions and like the first things like I know like for example like the Treehouse of Horror was I forget what it was originally called. It wasn't Treehouse of Horror. I think it was Crypt of something treehouse crypt or something that didn't even have as good a ring oh yeah it was oh. something but like we found an early script where it said like crypt and it was crossed out and said treehouse of heart that's and so it's cool like, people would love to see that yeah like that's that's history yeah wow. and so and oh. and so like someday like when there's a book and like all these things and it's also what's yeah. sort of sad too is like i only have like maybe 10 photos of our time on the Simpsons because no one was really taking photos. There weren't camera phones. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's like, there's so much that is just, it's just the oral history because there's so, there's not that much documentation, but there's all these interesting things, Mm -hmm. you know, that have happened in 27 years. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask not to get too off topic, but do you know what the evolution was in introducing Treehouse of Horror into the show as part of like a staple for the seasons or was it just like a idea that everyone just sort of latched onto? Right yeah, now? I can't remember. No, I, re- I I actually I looked it up no, and I do? can't and I don't I don't remember. Oh, so no. but it was some <laughs> no it was just some specific idea and to make it interesting. To make like a holiday yeah. special. And then the choice of Halloween, I think, yeah. was great yeah. and fitting for the stories they wanted to tell and how obsessed everyone was with Twilight Zone, obviously. Oh, God, yeah. Twilight Zone's the best. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking through my notes and some of the lines that I don't know that we'll get to um, and some that I think that are really funny. Um, when <laughs> So you guys missed the recording of our um, little sound check before we, st- we hit play, but uh, you did a very great Homer talking like, to the hey mic. Hey, all you ladies out there in <laughs> radio land. <laughs> I, I love, love that that's his it's choice. It's it so, so funny so because he, he he says that he has a funny voice and he's just like, I don't think I do. And then goes into one. He's like, is that what I sound, sound like? like? But I love, uh, have you ever listened to your own recording? And he says, I prefer to listen to Cheap Trick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that too because it's, it's so such funny. a specific <laughs> reference to Homer's life and his world as and a teenager and being a teenager in the 70s yeah, and it, stuff. Yes, I love that. There's not, there's no joke. It's, it's just, just really funny. just right. Yeah. yeah, some some things are just funny, yeah. and uh, that's usually just a character uh, yeah. choice. That I and, love. and that's the thing about The Simpsons too. And I think one of the reasons it's so great is there's not one type of humor. Oh, yeah. There's like ten different types Absolutely, of humor. And it's yeah. what whatever like the, the <laughs> like whatever's funny yeah, and funny, works. Funny. And so like that's that's why it's so good too. Because and that's a thing that would have never been allowed to happen if executives we're in charge right. because they're always like what's the tone of the show and it's like it's funny shut up you know <laughs> oh. and that's like that's cram with walnuts ugly yeah, yeah cram with walnuts that's another that's line so that's good. another line we always would say <laughs> and that's like and that's the thing is like that people like executives in America don't like because I've done worked in British TV and they're, they're not concerned with what the tone is they're like is it funny is right, it interesting right. and it's like 
but American TV, like now it's a lot better. TV's a lot better now because people are letting companies are letting creators create shows and Absolutely. so it's much better and it's yeah. it's a really good time for tv now because of that like yeah we finally are getting all these different perspectives and that's what yeah. people want yeah at a certain point that you too. should just let the comedy and and just the tone of a tv show breathe instead of having yeah. it noted to death and have yeah it and either like let it buy the show and see if it works yeah you know and if it doesn't you can cancel it but yeah. just don't good point i think audiences are getting sharper to picking up on formulas and tones in that way and and sort of like knowing when they're being fed like yeah, a three act that's structure. what people audiences are way more TV literate and yeah. maybe like even like Poochie started to like open that door <laughs> yeah. and it goes to show kids like this is how it's yeah, it's really made. Absolutely. This, this episode um, either established or um, utilized a lot of recurring jokes over the course of the series. Uh, you know, we talked about worst episode ever. I love um, that when they're all watching the episode with Poochie at the Simpsons home, how Mo calls Marge. Oh, Midge. Midge yeah. Is that the I first d- time? Or? I think so. Like, really? I think we would joke about it, but I joke. think that could be wrong, but I think it is. And yeah, it's it just so like, because it's like, I love that. Because yeah, you guys were talking about it in the other podcast. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, it makes sense <laughs> because like Mo doesn't really know Marge. Yes. yes, like he knows Homer. Yes. So it's like I love so that attention to detail perfect. of yeah. the relationships. Yeah. Whenever that happens in this show, oh my god! Yeah, when it's you see characters morsel. interact that hadn't really before, yes. it's, it's like so it's funny weird. to me. Oh, and in that scene, there's another thing that we always said, and then we put in show is when Homer, when people are talking to Homer's like, "Quiet, you're missing the jokes." Yeah, like that's something that we would always say, like when we were friends. Or family like watching The Simpsons, and people would start talking and really like, quiet. You're missing the jokes, yeah. so like that we put in, and as that well. leads into so you know, for those that, that have seen it, um, probably most of not all of you listening right now. Um, <laughs> Imagine someone <laughs> I who's would hope listening to the Simpsons podcast and hasn't seen the Poochie episode. or hasn't or seen, seen the, the Simpsons. Simpsons. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so so uh, the episode bombs, um, <laughs> and Homer's sort of left in the dark while everybody else like you know leaves and, and doesn't want to hurt his feelings. Um, and I love that character turn for him to say, "I liked it, did I?" And to sort of explore that. Yeah. You don't know. What, you don't want to know what I think. His brain saying that. Yes, yeah. I, I love that take with the brain. Yeah, any brain dialogue between Homer and his brain. Is yeah, really that was funny like a, that me. was another crazy early thing that somebody must have pitched of Homer talking to his brain that just I love it. it's great and then Lisa thing. does it sometimes yeah. and it's super uh, funny I love uh, Ned saying uh, that's the best that's episode of Epi and Chimpy and Chimpy yeah. yeah. and, and then also <laughs> Carl goes like yeah Homer you got a, you got a really nice home be proud of yourself be proud of yourself because it's like that's so it's all based on it's like you go to a friend's taping or a the music was good. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what do you say if it sucks? It's so hard. I've learned to just yeah. stop asking my mother on opinions on my yeah. stuff, and, and my sister maybe yeah. too. I can't like I can't ask my parents because I just go they'll go like, oh, it was wonderful, and it's like, yeah, well, I, I get I get it was yeah. cute one time. Oh. Not to put my sister on blast. I love you, Katie. Um, but I I showed her something, and she goes. It's a lot. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, to, to her credit, it was yeah. several pages, but still, I was like, "All right, yeah, no don't, don't ask people their opinions." I, I, again, I love you, Katie. <laughs> she I, uh, listens to the podcast. <laughs> I love. Um, I love when you know, like you said, Homer, like he takes it really personally, and like it's sad for him, and we all feel. Uh, you know, you said it wasn't emotional, but it is in that. Realm, yeah, like you do, and it's like he was really excited about it, and it's a thing like it's easy, like in, especially in TV, it's easy to get talked into something. Yeah, and once you're doing it or you're working on it, you're like, "This is great!" I can't, and you don't, you don't 
step outside and blinded. go like, there's yeah. several different layers because you know you get recruited that's exciting you go to set or whatever you record it, and, and then it feels like work too because you're like going into a job yeah. and so it, it has all these different layers uh, of justifying it in your mind and then you become further and further distanced from the actual yeah. product and you also kind of get this inflated ego of like well i am poochie and therefore if i don't do this line poochie doesn't exist anymore it's just like no right. we could we yeah. could have someone talk over you and write you out and it's not going to change anything yeah. oh wait Wait, can I do? Because this reminds yes. me of a thing in in David Cohen's outline that we had to cut because it's too long. Because it's Homer. Because I, you were just talking about it's like, wait a minute, we never dealt with Homer at work and like how he like how he <laughs> gets time off oh, from the nuclear yeah. power plant. And so, but there was a big long scene that's really funny with Homer talking to Lenny and Carl about how he's got this new job as Poochie. And then Carl says like, well, he's I think he's like working on his stand up career and he's hoping to get like uh, get on a sitcom. And Lenny says that he wants to be recruited for a base baseball team like he's like a minor league baseball player uh-huh. and but in the course of this show Lenny is the one who gets recruited he gets recruited and you just hear like on a TV before Poochie or whatever that like Lenny struck out like 10 <laughs> batters or whatever I oh he got it. struck out like all these batters and was poised to be a superstar pitcher and he got a rotator cuff injury or something and he was out but I there was like it. this running Lenny story <laughs> as well in the oh we had my to god it, yeah. um, all right that's, that's great too <laughs> um, yeah, the so it's funny the relationship that they all have with the with the writers on this show and like how much of that commentary there is there is and I love when Marge says yes. uh, <laughs> you know you know writers they make me madder than uh, a yak in heat <laughs> yeah yeah that's so like that's us going like yeah you need yeah. writers you need it yeah, you guys yeah. are brilliant but you need to well writers. that's that's actually funny too because like this episode makes me think of uh, when the writers strike happened and like watching the shows like Conan and like other shows like the Daily Show and all these different things that you love and like if you're not a writer and you only know I like this show and suddenly the writers are gone you don't really know what that means and then you see what it means yeah. I think especially for like a talk show or a daytime talk show where you might not detect yeah, you don't, what you don't, was written you don't know but there's somebody doing the research of that yes. and doing that and writing the jokes and there's people don't, yeah yeah you that's just a think big thing and I was like as a kid I had no idea that there were TV writers me neither right. that's like a yeah you just think that they're kind of off the cuff funny or they told them it's like hey so this is yeah. what's hap- happening in the news today uh, yeah. be and, funny. A, and, and that's part of like that's part of this like the show is a response to like uh, like when you meet people and like perfectly intelligent people to be like oh what character do you write for yeah. and stuff oh, like that like yeah. I get that question all the time wow that's from, interesting like, s- smart people and it's like that's not how it <laughs> how it works but wow. then again I guess like you wouldn't know it unless mm-hmm. you knew it that's you know? crazy because it feels like they went an extra step in imagining what the writer's <laughs> room like I've never uh, imagined that every writer gets assigned a yeah. character oh, like I'm it's the Marge writer yeah like they're a mascot yeah. at Disneyland or something yeah but you that's don't so like, weird that's like yeah so you get like oh you get questions like that or like what were you smoking and, and all that thing yeah. so like that's part of like that was like part of this episode. That's like too. a go-to question, though. Yo Gabba Gabba guys would get that all the time because their stuff is trippy, and they're yeah. like, "We're Mormon. <laughs> That's yeah. what I we're didn't smoking." Know that. Wow. Oh well, the the know. main the two creators you, are both Mormon. I didn't know that. Yeah. And th- here's another thing about the writers' room that I, I think is sort of interesting because people and like I had imagined it too before I worked on a show. It's like that it would be like nonstop gag fest and uh-huh. writers cutting up and like but basically that everybody would be Conan and right. then, but it's not and in especially in the Simpsons like there will be like especially like with a sign gag or a name oh this brings up the alcohol Ooh, the one oh, alcohol yeah. anecdote I have yeah, yeah. it's boring but it's good but um that like coming up with a, a, a 
perfect name is really hard. And Bill and I especially like really like we we prided ourselves on like having really good names like Don Brodka yeah. and all that stuff. But there will be periods in the rewrite room of you know, 10 of the funniest people around sitting totally silent for like 15 or 20 minutes of just total silence with people like in with their heads in their hands just like thinking. And so it's not like it's not back and forth cut up. Right. But what will happen when it's good is when someone pitches a good joke, then you get like the endorphins come out and everybody and you get in a better mood and then it might start things rolling. But there'll be like long periods right. of silence. And here's a, one other anecdote is this was the rewrite of Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming, mm -hmm. which was a, a big, tough rewrite. And it was a complicated episode. And we were stuck. It was like late at night, and we had already had dinner, and we were stuck on the name of the colonel, the <laughs> Air Force colonel played by Arlie Ermey, and we knew we wanted a good name. And people were getting sort of annoyed and annoyed with Bill and me. Like, it's like, come on, it's just a name. <laughs> and and so we were like, oh, you know what? Let's, let's send a PA out for beer. And it was like the one time we ever had beer in a rewrite room <laughs> was, or alcohol in a rewrite room. It's like, maybe this will, yeah. this beer let's, will, beer will have the answer. This motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and finally, and I think it was George Meyer. Um, it might've been someone else. Someone said out of, out of frustration said, Leslie hap, hap, a blap. <laughs> just like, as like a joke on a joke. It's just like a super cruddy name. We're like, that's a good name. That's yeah. And we're like, yeah, you know, it's good. <laughs> we'll do that. So. Alcohol, but, the cause of and solution yeah. to all life's yep. problems. And that joke. But that was like the one time there was ever booze in the room. Well, that's a testament to what you were speaking to earlier about the warmness and the welcoming sense of the writer's room that, you know, it's very vulnerable to pitch out jokes. And uh, I feel like oftentimes, especially when you have a writer's room that exceeds five people or even four people, um, <clears throat> it becomes very intimidating. Yes. To share yes. what you think is your like crummy like just back at back of the writing pad jokes but you never know you never know and you that's really the thing and know. i still never know i still never know like i if, still never know uh, if too, i have a joke yeah. like i don't always know like wait why was that so popular <laughs> and this other one that i loved got yeah. a meh response but like that's a big thing and that's why the simpsons is so wonderful it's like i remember like our first few weeks there and and every simpsons writer says this too it's like you're like you're silent for like a month because right. you're just like intimidated. And then it's even harder like to open your mouth and pitch a joke. And it's like, I, re but I remember like they were so not like the, the first joke that I pitched and Sam Simon laughed and I was like, Oh my God, that's <laughs> there like, you go. No, I can, I can stay. That's, that's I'm like not fired. Laughs. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's really intimidating. And it's still like, I've been writing and been in rooms for 25 years now. And there's still a little spike of nervousness when I pitch a joke because yeah. it's like, you don't, you don't know when it comes right. from you, you know? Well, that's what Mike Scully was talking about when he was on our podcast that he, for the first month would tell his wife, don't buy anything. I'm going to get Yeah. Fired. I heard that. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, and I think that that's very relatable to any creative work environment that you first need to figure out what the tone and the rhythm of the room is and then sort of like figure out where you chime yeah. in like what instrument in the band do you play and then yeah, just sort yeah. of like make that sing it's yeah. really I hard really to find that analogy that oh, is yeah i heard that on the but that it's like yeah the I, I, thing. I think about that all the time when it comes to writers rooms it's just yeah. like and it helps me because then if somebody else pitches like a really great joke and i go damn it why didn't i yeah I'm like, no i you play you, you play a different <laughs> instrument yeah <laughs> it's totally true and there and the thing is like it to Run a show well, you have to recognize that in all yeah. the writers. Because there'll be writers who, and I've worked on a number of different shows, who are really quiet and like almost never say anything in the room, but are wonderful writers or wonderful joke comer-uppers in writing. And yeah. so like that's, they're equally valuable. Oh, and yeah. so they just don't like, don't make those people 
feel bad that, mm-hmm. that they're silent or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've known. Uh, I'll, I'll lift up this individual who everyone should know about. Um, do you know Brian Weissall at all? He most recently wrote on Future Worm, which is going to come out uh, on Disney soon. And I got to write with him on it. And um, he he would be kind of quiet, too. But he would just like be one of those guys where open his mouth and like gold would come out, you know, <laughs> like he was almost and, and, and he would suggest names similar to the silly name that you guys stumbled upon for that episode you were struggling with. Um, you know, maybe he was stewing over something ridiculous and it's, it, you need those guys on the team. Yeah. You need like, cause yeah. that's like, you need silly people, but then you also need writers like who, like on Gravity Falls, we had this awesome writer and she, she was hilarious, but she would always go like, well, wait a minute. What's the, what's the emotional uh-huh. part of the story? And even if we, and it would like make us step back and go like, oh, you know what? You're right. Right. And it's like you need those people who are going to be like not just jokes, but guiding emotion yeah. and that sort of thing. You like can't you have five that. Conans and you can't yeah. have five quiet people. You have to have a mix. Yeah, it's yeah. totally like a mix. And the good thing is like after a while, like you can you can learn like you can learn to play those other instruments. Right. Like I think I wasn't as good at story in the beginning, but I sort of watched people who were and sort of like learn from that. And it's like that's like. A good writing re- rewrite room is like it's like a college or a university yeah. where you can learn as well. Absolutely, a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, and it's also where writers come. It's like writers come from Saturday Night Live. They tend to be more bitter and like you know hardened. And writers who come from The Simpsons, they're, they're more optimistic and happy. Yeah, and I think that that just from what I've gathered, um, reading about it and hearing other people's experiences, I think it's because it's so quick that it's like by the seat of your pants kind of writing. Yeah, that you're true. not allowed to grow with a, a group. And and I think the that there's not as strong a familial aspect to it because people just cycle in and out that's and people yeah, expect really people true. to cycle in and out. So, you know, how attached can you get to that dynamic? Yeah. That's really interesting because like on Simpsons and animation, it's not just that you're living in this room with all these people, but you're living with these episodes for right. a year, right. every episode. So like you really like that, it grows with you and vice versa. Oh, know? here's a question. Um, what is the longest time? I know that you mentioned that, um, you only moved twice was like on the writer's board for maybe a year. Yeah. What's the longest time that you've had a, an episode sort of circling Oh my God. Because, oh, fart. Because there's, you know, <laughs> I was listening to your, your podcast with Simon and he was talking, you guys mentioned an episode and I was like, oh my God, that was an episode that was on the board for Was ages. it the episode we were talking about, Secret War of Lisa Simpson? Yes, or? it was. It yeah. was. Oh, duh. Wow. Duh. One of the very first Simpsons episodes they wrote was a military academy that oh. the kids go and I don't remember the exact story but it was like it was when it's like literally before The Simpsons was on the air and they were still figuring it out the show but they actually wrote an episode about Military Academy and it sort of didn't I'd have to look at it and see why it didn't work but they determined it wasn't right or it wasn't maybe it wasn't right in the early stages because we're still getting to know Springfield and don't want right. them to leave yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know for whatever reason it wasn't done but that means from the beginning of the show for eight years, there was a card that said like military cat. Oh my god! So like that's probably that's probably the that's longest. probably the longest running. Yeah. Wow, I love that, and yeah. I mean that's so rare because there's no other show that has run as long. I mean Saturday Night yeah. Live aside, which is its own yeah, yeah. monster, but but also like because you say because yeah. people come and go, but the Simpsons sort of like the writers stay for a long time too. So like that's yeah. you're sitting in the room ten hours a day and see that card <laughs> right. that says military academy. Eventually you're gonna it's go like stressing oh, you out. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, either do it or take it down. <laughs> right, but, right, yeah. right. Wow, that's really fascinating. 
And what was the quickest? Can you remember? Like um, next week we'll start writing this. There's there's a couple like like Mr. Sparkle uh-huh. was like I mean nothing okay. is quick because it takes ten months. Of but from the the quickest of somebody saying an idea to us going let's do it. Yeah. Mr. Sparkle, which is a B story, I know like instantly like when Donic because he used to go, he grew up on Cape Cod and he used to go to a dump there uh-huh. and look at stuff and he was talking about and somebody it might have been him <laughs> said Homer finds a box of himself on it. And we're like, whoa, that's a crazy story. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's fishbowl. Yeah, fish and it is. It's it stands out as a premise. It really does. Yeah, because it's like what's the yeah. A story of that one. <laughs> oh, it's March. It's see. That's why some of these B stories are like the they're better than that. Yeah. Or or it's like I think it's March becomes the Listen Lady. Is that oh, Listen Lady? Yeah, yeah. which is a really good. Oh my God, that's a great episode too. That is a great episode. And it's like, and it I mean, it's so, a great A story. It's so I organic think, for her character. Yeah, I think, <laughs> and I that. think that was because because we needed like a B like cause that's really Marge on her own with these other characters. So I think we needed a Homer episode. But I'm, I could be wrong. I think those <laughs> go together. But yeah. That episode is so good. And, um, you know, it's it's hard to not hear an episode and want to say all the favorite jokes. But I do have one that I have to say. One of my favorite jokes on that episode is uh, something my dad and I quote all the time, which is when <laughs> Homer's just like, let's go home. We are home. That was fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was like, yeah. And that's because like we also like we needed an ending for that yeah. scene. It kills me. I yeah. love I love the subtle Homer stuff like that. Homer has a great, uh, it may be his last line in this episode. Um, oh, uh, yeah. it, it just made me laugh so hard. Um, I lost creative control of the project and I forgot to, to ask, ask for any money. money. <laughs> oh, well, live and learn. Which is great because it, it has a dual purpose. It's such a funny line, first and yeah. foremost. And then secondly, it wraps up and puts the genie back in the bottle for the episode so that we don't have to deal with, you know, oh, is he going to get yeah, residuals? Yeah, because he, he doesn't gonna... get paid. Yeah. And it's also kind of relatable. It's like, oh, yeah, I just did a bunch of work for free. <laughs> yes, to, especially to, as a writer. Yeah, it's like to pitch, come up with this idea because the studio said, oh, come up with right. this. And you spend all this time and you didn't ask for money. <laughs> and, it, and yeah, he lost would, control of the project. It, 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 it's so consistent with him not even uh, saying, like, how much are we getting paid? Yeah. He's like, oh, I get to be yeah. this thing? And, but I think it really was, like, because we t- forgot to deal with, like, him getting paid <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And, like, but it worked out. Yeah. Uh, and I love, of course, the the very ending of, um, you know, Bart and Lisa just kind of like, oh, back to the good old days. And uh, they, you know, they, they're bored by it. And yeah. then just the, I love the look of the credits being the TV kind of fuzzy yeah. with, with your guys' names. Yeah, like, it made was, me laugh out loud. Moving. Or like, it, yeah. it, it yeah, really it made me laugh. Just, I don't know. It wasn't like a, it was. Yeah, it's not, it's just like, it's it's, it's poignant. Like yeah, it. and it's also like, it's really like, like Bart and Lisa are sort of like us too. It's like, right. this show is still as good, you know, and it still is, but it's like, we've been with it for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know? Yeah, and, and, but it's by no fault of its own. Yeah, you know, it and just, that's, it just and that's changes. like the hugest thing and we could talk on and on, but like all those lines of like, like when Bart's talking to a comic book guy and it's like, what, it, they owe you? It's like, oh if anything, God, you absolutely. owe them, they've given you hours of entertainment. And I think about that a lot. Last night's It Seen Scratchy was, without a doubt, the worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes registering my disgust throughout the world. Hey, I know it wasn't great, but what right do you have to complain? As a loyal viewer, I feel they owe me. What? They're giving you thousands of hours of entertainment for free. What could they possibly owe you? I mean, if anything, you owe them. Worst episode ever. Yeah. And I think about yeah. it a lot. If like I'm, I'm 
complaining about some TV show is like, wait a minute, they've given me hours of entertainment free. for free. You know? <laughs> know, it's like why or like a musician is like, mm-hmm. I don't like their new song. It's like, well, wait a minute. They've given me so many hours of pleasure. Yeah. You know, the only up, so. the only area yeah. that I will say is an exception to that is when you get those like February, March releases from big studios and they're just like so middle of the road filler. You know that they're dumping it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, man, you guys no, you could can have greenlit something else. Yeah. For no, you can million hate. Dollars. You can hate studios. Yeah. You can just don't hate writers. No, but everything <laughs> else. Yeah. Everything yeah. else. I agree 110 yeah. percent. And I love his line of just like as a loyal viewer. Like, yeah, I I'm giving yeah. them, you know, like yeah. I, by checking in on Nielsen, I am. No, <laughs> you're not. That was like that scene. That scene was all that scene was like was fan service. But it's like that's us talking about fans and all the stuff like in the in the magic itchy and scratchy. Yeah. There's a magic stuff on itchy, scratchy CD-ROM. Is there a way to get out of a dungeon without using a wizard key? Yeah. And it's almost like, what, what the are hell talking? are you talking about? I love his turn in that. It feels consistent with this character. Yeah. And I love that she, the other voice actress, is so grateful. To yeah. Me. It's because like that's like so realistic, too, because yeah. like fans. Fans, like on The Simpsons or especially on like Gravity Fall, you like love your fans, but they'll have things in their heads that like we never even thought about. And it's like, how do you like, you got to be nice. But it's like, (laughs) I never thought about it. It wasn't that complex. And a lot of times on The Simpsons too, Mm -hmm. it's like people think something is a reference to something brilliant and it's not. Right. It's just like a random joke. That reminds me of this moment. The last time that you did Stonecutters, I think, um, people were asking you about uh, why there are so many ape references on the show. (laughs) And I believe your your answer was, we think apes are funny. Yeah. And I thought that was so great. That was on our podcast. Oh, was it? Oh, oh was it? Yeah, apes. Yeah, oh. it's Christmas ape, and oh, okay. <laughs> that's why it's in here. And and a gorilla and such a Bob Roberts when you're looking at the phone book yeah. trying to find and just someone named a gorilla. Like we thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I love yeah. that, and yeah, it makes me kind of think funny. of. I don't know if you've seen um, the documentary Room Two Three Seven, which so is about good. no, about the you know, I want to see because I'm obsessed you with the shine. It's great. Well, it's great. It it yeah. it'll it'll uh, appeal to you on on two different fronts. Uh, the Shining first and foremost, and then um, I think that it's just a great documentary about the nature of art and film criticism and how so many people can form these conspiracy theories or they can connect the dots on their own and form a very passionate, informed argument, but yet you can't have like 10 correct, passionate, right, yeah. informed arguments. So it's really interesting to see like, you know, the difference between like a creator putting something out in the world and then the world receiving it and how they always misinterpret it or, you yeah, know, or take read things. Or it's run really interesting because like I know as a viewer, like I will totally leap on any conspiracy and believe it right. in a second. And I love yeah. it. It's just fun. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, um, did we already ask you what uh, you thought of, there's like a fan theory going around, like people are kind of talking about like, well, how will the Simpsons end? And there's one where Homer is basically, I think, what was it? It's basically that it's either all in his head or like he's oh, insane goodness. or something like that. What do you think of those really far out ways of ending the show don't make it a dream make it because like i want it all to have really happened me too and that's like it's really hard like i don't know like i'm not on show now and i don't know if they have the contingency plan for what it how it's going to end but it's really hard like but i'll tell you like on gravity falls it's a very big long process to figure out how to because like we like alex knew like it was just going to be this number of seasons like we might have continued but he really was like he this is like how he saw it in his head but we didn't know exactly how it would end and so it's really careful you want to end with a bang but you also want it to be really emotionally satisfying right. and you also like you don't want it to be a, just gravity falls but you don't want it to be a dream no. of Ma- in Mabel or Dipper's head you want it to have really happen and you want to deal with real emotions of like saying goodbye to your friends or whatever so I would hope that when when and if the Simpsons ends 
it will be something it'll be like the perfect Simpsons episode of being like this emotional realistic thing but with something crazy yeah in it, you know yeah especially with how the Simpsons starts too. like it's just such a sweet like it's just the family the, yeah. they get they get the pet that's yeah. they're all together oh my god like you yeah, that like that first episode like that's the thing it's like it, it's got to end with like no matter how many great characters people have come up with over the years, it's it's got it's got to end with a family story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that happens Me too. It feels the most appropriate than it being like this big glitter parade of explosions. Yeah. Though I would like that. Yeah, too. no, we they can have add that. robots or to that. Yeah, and have yeah, down magic Earth robots in your face. Yeah. That's I would yeah. be down. <laughs> Yeah. Man, this is such a great episode. Thanks so much for talking to us about it. Yeah, and are there any things that we didn't get to that you wanted to talk to us about? I'm sure when I'm driving home, <laughs> i got to remember. <laughs> well, you like, can oh. call in. and we'll Yeah. <laughs> but no, this, I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, so, we like, did. And, um, you. you know, anytime that you want to come on, it's so much fun talking to you about the stuff that you consider rambling and not the most exciting things we've ever heard. That's, <laughs> but for us, it's like all this stuff is like... We, dying for years i gotta tell that story because it's course. like fun. so thank you for of course listening. you're so always yeah. welcome and yeah cool. it's just it's always a pleasure to talk to you about anything but of course the simpsons yeah <laughs> likewise so all right oh, thanks i uh, have to go now my yes. planet needs me yay oh my god <laughs> you just made oh we're in oh I mean, I'm going to top that. I'm going to die now. <laughs> Butch, you can die on the way to your home planet. Oh, uh, so good. Well, thanks so much, Josh. Thank you. And uh, you could find us on uh, at Simpsons Pod and all the things. And uh, Julia, where can people find you? Uh, at Julia Prescott and all the things. And I'm at Allie Gerson, all the things. And uh, we will see you next week. All right. Bye. 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 The name's Poochie D, and I rock the telly. I'm half Joe Camel and a third Bonzarelli. I'm the kung fu hippie from Gangster City. I'm a rapid surfer, you the fool, I pity. Oh, Poochie is one outrageous dude. <laughs>